Welcome to the Living to 100 Club podcast. Here's our host, Dr. Joseph Cassiani. Welcome everyone to the Living to 100 Club podcast, where we discuss strategies to live longer and stay positive about aging. We hear about programs and services and personal stories about successful aging and making it over the hurdles. Our goal is to create a mindset about living to 100 and turn aging on its head. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Joe Casciani. Today, our guest is returning for a follow-up conversation about physical fitness. Dan McFarlane was on our program just about a year ago, and he's here again to talk about the importance of physical exercise. But what type of exercise is the question of the day? Why are so many proposed solutions for exercising not working? And what should we be doing to stay at our peak physically? Mobility is what Dan recommends, and we'll hear much more about why he believes this. First, a little background. Dan McFarlane is a certified personal trainer and a physical therapist assistant who does house calls. He's performed over 15,000 in-home therapy sessions, primarily with senior citizens. As he says, 90% of my patients were prescribed physical therapy because of generalized age-related weakness. He realized that as a senior citizen, he could not let this happen to himself. After years of research and experimentation, Dan discovered the essential facts about physical fitness. These discoveries led him to create the Mobility Max 10-Minute Home Exercise System. For the past 10 years, I exercise only 10 minutes a day. My fitness age is 20 to 30 years younger than my actual age. That's quite an accomplishment, Dan. Welcome to our program. Thank you for being with us today. Well, you're welcome, Joe, and thank you for having me. Great. I always like to begin by asking our guest to tell us a little bit about the journey that brought you to where you are today. Sure. Well, I never envisioned a career in physical therapy. I was an insurance agent for most of my life. Uh, And then in my early 50s, I went back to school and became uh, and graduated as a physical therapy assistant. Mm -hmm. And then in my mid-50s, I started my current practice of seeing physical therapy patients. And as you mentioned, I um, chose... I had the opportunity and chose to do physical therapy uh, through the home health industry. So physical therapy can be delivered in a lot of different places. Typically it would be a hospital or an outpatient clinic where we go to get our physical therapy. In my case, I was making house calls. I was providing home health physical therapy. And, Joe, this gives you the most real and personal appreciation and understanding for how the physical limitations that I am addressing through physical therapy, how those, those, those physical limitations are impacting on a day-to-day, real-life basis the quality of life of my, my patients. Yeah. And... So, observing this over a period of time, it became apparent that the vast majority of these elderly folks, uh, 
maybe just one generation beyond me. Now, I was in my mid late 50s then. I'm in my early 70s now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they had received a prescription for physical therapy at home. Most of them just because they had grown weak, not because they had a disease, they had cancer or a stroke or a heart attack or a hip or knee replacement. Yes, I did see all of those <clears throat> in, the, in the mix. But the vast majority of the prescriptions were written by doctors who saw their patient, uh, whether it be Joe or Mary, come in on the walker and realized they were having trouble getting up and down from the chair, that they were, uh, they were not safe uh, walking, their balance was bad. So there I was in the home, homes of these folks, and I just was able to take in the full spectrum of their lives uh, by virtue of just talking to them, but also, of course, seeing the pictures on the walls and learning about their careers, and then to see uh, what this golden age, the golden years of retirement was bringing to them where they were very limited in their ability to move around. They were uh, afraid, you know, the making in the wrong step and perhaps falling. And it just um, seemed very you know, it was very sad to me. And then, of course, as a physical therapist, I was tasked with, you know, trying to fix this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I must say, it's, you know, it. I had to reconcile the fact that, well, I, I'm going to do the best I can do in my two visits a week here uh, for 45 minutes, and I'm going to offer suggestions and techniques, but, gosh, this... This is this is the result, and Martha or you know whoever the patient is. This person has been trending in this direction for a lot of years, simply because they didn't see it coming, and they were lulled into a uh, you know a false sense of of security. Or and so uh, I I recognize that this was a sad situation, one that I certainly didn't want to fall into being in my, you know, late fifties or sixties. And so, uh, you know, I just, I, I just made it a passion to really study and understand this process of aging and what was happening because even though uh, there's so much conversation about it and I think we, a lot of us just think, well, everything's, we know everything we need to know about, you know, aging and exercise, uh, there's obviously a, a huge gulf in what we think we know and what we're actually able to apply because the trends are getting worse. And so today I find myself um, 10 years from the, approximately from the time when I conceived of a simple powerful home exercise routine uh, that uh, focused on functional fitness as well as providing therapeutic value um, that is necessary to take care of our 
our, our musculoskeletal system. So, uh, and I benefited greatly with that system. I've, uh, I, I enjoy seeing other people benefit from it. And uh, it's a very, it's, it's simple. I, um, but anyway, so that's where I'm at now. And I just finished my 10 minute routine a few minutes ago and then went out for a brisk walk to, uh, to complement it because, you know, you're not going to get the cardiovascular benefit that we would like to have, the endurance, stamina side of it in just 10 minutes. That, that's a great remedy for a couple, for quite a few things. Mm-hmm. But, Joe, thank you for asking that question. Yeah. I hope I... No, it's know. a great story. It's a great story, Dan, because you saw you were, you were so close to the real world for your, your patients, and they may have had different medical conditions, but there was that one common underlying theme or condition, that generalized weakness that you saw, so that caused you to dig and really immerse yourself in a lot of the research and what do we know about fitness and what do we know about physical decline in our senior years. So I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing more about your exercise routine. You know, it's it's so fascinating that there's so much information out there and yet so many people are kind of at a standstill. And I, I wonder, you know, when you and I have talked, you've talked about how our generation today, our, you know, people in our 60s, 70s, 80s, are really different from other generations. Even people that are middle-aged adults, we are different from previous generations. Why is there such a predominance of sedentary lifestyles? What What's going on? Why do we... Well, that is a great uh, insight and observation. Uh, when we say our generation, I... You know, I presume, you know, you and I are about the same age. And uh, so, um, you know, I would say, you know, so our generation, 10, 15, 20 years prior and, you know, some 10 years later, we are the first generation that has inherited a um, lifestyle of leisure and, um, and, and inactivity with the, uh, as, as our reward for being retired and retirement terms or length of time people are retired is now much longer people are retiring earlier uh, we have we have great uh, medical care that keeps us living longer and we're the first generation to experience this uh, my grandfather um, you know born in 1898 he worked in the the auto factories, and then he retired at 65, and then two years later he died of a heart heart attack. And, you know, that's um, people didn't live a long time into those years when they were not working. And so ours is the first generation to experience this. And in addition, technology and science has made it, easier and easier for us to avoid doing physical things. So here we are, folks, you know, looking to embrace our our hard-earned retirement. And to a lot of people, that means, gee, I'm just not going to do much of anything. Uh, even though they might have plans to do this or that, it usually, a lot of times, it just turns into not doing much of anything. And... Um, we're we're comforted uh, by our recliners and our air conditioners and uh, 
you know, a lot of the drudgery is taking out of our taken out of our lives. We have our televisions, we have our devices, uh, we have so many things to distract us uh, cerebrally, and very little to engage us physically. And again, this is a unique anthropological circumstance that is happening, and it's primarily in the first world. Uh, if you you know think of other second, third world situations, uh, people aren't blessed with the technology and the comforts and conveniences and the, you know, the cushy retirements. So um, you see a different looking kind of human being. (laughs) And they, and interestingly enough, they have different types of uh, morbidities and uh, and, uh, that, you know, we seem to have our characteristic morbidities here that are, are definitely a product of this unique situation we're in. And, um, one of my friends often reminds me of a rock and roll song from back in the day, and I. But he, you know, he talked. The term that that he that he emphasizes is being comfortably numb, <laughs> and um, you know, and that's uh, I think a state that you know many of us uh, may be adapting, and um, you know, humans are not designed for that. We are still primitive machines we uh, we're a machine our human body our 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 metabolism our physiology our musculoskeletal system all of it was designed over whatever you know pick your um you know your philosophy or your theory on you know human origins and evolution but you know the human body is a machine designed for a specific purpose. So what happens when we take a machine and we use it the wrong way or um, we don't use it at all? And again, likening the, 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 the human anatomy to a machine. That machine doesn't function very well for very long if we don't use it according to its design. Human beings were designed to move. That's a fact. And when we fail to move, we uh, are setting in motion a series of um, uh, circumstances that lead to the decline of the function of that machine. And so, therefore, we have arthritis, we have pain, we and that ends up uh, affecting the other aspect of being human, which is our spirit. So, there's a lot involved there, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talk about, um, you know, you mentioned the term functional performance, the functional value of activity, and uh, I know there's so many exercise uh, types of equipment out there, and tell me what you're thinking is about this law of specificity and why so many of these different uh, types of um, equipment are are not working, that all these solutions are not really very effective. What's going on here? Well, that's an insightful question, Joe, because, uh, you know, every day we turn on the television, we're being led uh, to believe that a certain gadget or a certain way of exercising is going to uh, be the panacea. And if you just look back over the history of all of these gadgets, you'll have to ask, well, my goodness, if it was a panacea um, and it was so easy to 
use and to benefit from, why aren't we all fit? Why hasn't it caught on? Uh, how about, let's just uh, go back to Susan Summers and the thigh master. Mm, sure. <laughs> uh, so let's just talk about that for a moment. So, so much of what we are embracing and led to focus on with respect to fitness is simply slick marketing designed to extract money from us and leaves us feeling more like a failure every time. Every time we buy that product and we bring it home and we try it once and then we you know, follow instructions, well, you're not using it, put it under your bed. <laughs> and then there it goes and you never see it again. Uh, every time we do that, we, um, of course, are less inclined to go back and try exercise again. So it's a very diabolical thing, but, uh, you know, that's the way marketing is, buyer beware. But back to the idea of specificity. So when we exercise, it's important to think about this, the law, the rule of specificity, or another way of putting it is you get exactly what you do. So, you know, pay attention to, if you're going to adopt some exercise, you're going to do some exercise, Pay attention to exactly what it is you're asking your body to do and then ask yourself, okay, what is the value of this? So Susan Summers, Suzanne Summers with her thigh master, okay, that accomplished one thing. If it did accomplish anything, it was to strengthen the uh, adductors on the on the thighs, on the, on the legs, the inner thighs to strengthen those. But that's just an incredibly limited benefit. Let's talk about a different kind of exercise. Let's talk about push-ups. Okay, let's say a person does push-ups. What is, what is the benefit of a push-up? What are we going to get? We know what we're going to get. We're going to get shoulder and arm strength as well as chest and back are involved. And then as we move down the torso, you're also going to have some abdominal contractions, uh, your core, because it has to stabilize yourself in that horizontal plane. So then we go down and we come back up. We go down and we come back up. So a push-up involves all of that. But you know what are we getting from it in a, in a functional sense? Well, it actually is a function. Well, first of all, we're getting a lot of muscles working synergistically. Uh, so unlike the Suzanne Summers device, which is just focusing on one very narrow area, a push-up is giving us you know, pretty much uh, half of our body being worked. But it's a functional exercise, pushing away, slowly lowering ourselves and, and also pushing away. And if you ever find yourself on the floor, you'll notice that you need arm strength. You need to lean on an arm and then you need to kind of maybe get on all fours and push away. So the law of specificity and the idea that you get exactly what you're doing is something we have to, we, we should be contemplating when we take on exercise. Another way to think about it, when you go into a gym uh, and you do the Nautilus equipment, I see a lot of people doing that uh, when I was doing some personal training at the Y. A lot of elderly folks come in and go through the circuit training. And I just have to wonder, you know, how is that, all that circuit training really helping them with their functional activities? Because in essence, what they're becoming good at is manipulating those complicated machines. 
Okay, that's what they're. That's exactly what they're mastering. When you do the Nautilus routine or the Cybex machine, now you hope that a benefit redounds from that that you find showing up in your life somewhere. Uh, gee, can I play better tennis or can I, you know, go for a longer hike? Uh, that's you know that's questionable. Mm-hmm. Whether <clears throat> you know working those machines, those machines again isolate on very narrow ranges of muscle and joints. And so they can be helpful, but just be aware they're, they're really not a panacea. Uh, it's more the bodybuilder approach by, uh, to exercise that, you know, has some value, but I'll just leave it at that, Joe. Um, just, you know, yeah. have people think more analytically about, um, you know, what they, decide to do, ask themselves, okay, what difference is this going to, going to make in my life? What do I want to, from from fitness? What would that mean? Okay. That's yeah. It. Yeah. No, I, I get your point. I mean, we have to ask, well, if we're trying to lift these massive truck tires or tractor tires, <laughs> turn them over. I mean, that's good in some ways, but you really don't need to do that a whole lot of time <laughs> outside. <laughs> It's true. It's funny you mention that because that's that's one of the more popular imageries that we see from, you know, the younger, you know, uh, show off the what type yeah. of, is, you know, flipping the truck tire or um, wagging the big heavy rope. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, these people have a lot of energy to burn off. Is what they're <laughs> they're they're already fit. <laughs> they're young, <laughs> so just yeah. don't hurt themselves is what they need to do. <laughs> yeah. But I guess when you can combine a number of these different uh, types of exercise routines, then you are uh, really increasing your strength and your core and your balance and all of that. But you've talked a lot about, um, you know, whether muscles are the primary concern or mobility. And I know you focus a lot on the mobility and the joints and um, making sure our joints are limber and loose. Tell, Tell us about that. What's your thinking here? Well, that yeah, that's one of my um, favorite things to contemplate and to study. And one of the things that I discovered right away uh, was that uh, you know, when, we, when we exercise, we're, all of our exercise icons and models, for the most part, are showing us really glamorous muscles. And um, you know, if we're senior citizens, if we're 45, 50, 60 and over, or we're not athletes and we're not used to exercising, then um, that's probably not a realistic uh, role model for us. Uh, But in the pursuit of muscle tone and definition and, you know, that iconic image that lures us in uh, and then disappoints us, what is lost in the spectrum of exercise is the importance of the joint. And the, I, I would just have people, you know, encourage people to think a little bit about what, you know, our, what are we exercising? Our body is, you know, made up of bones, joints, and muscles. And muscles get all the attention, but joints are the linchpin. Joints are the place where, if we injure a joint, 
trying to get those big muscles, oh boy, now we're going to have some real downtime because joints do not have a robust healing capacity. Muscles, on the other hand, if you tear a muscle, if you strain a muscle, they're infused with blood. They will. They have the capacity to heal over time, even ligaments and tendons, uh, soft tissue like that. But in the course of trying to get those glamour muscles or to just get stronger for the sake of getting stronger, if we injure a joint, we are really in trouble for a long time. They don't, joint in, joints don't have a robust healing capacity. In fact, there is a healing capacity, but it takes a certain technique to, to help the the daily healing and repair of just the microtraumas, the, the little tiny tears that we're doing inside our joints need to be addressed every day, let alone the traumatic things that happen when we try to lift weights or do, you know, kind of macho things for the muscles. So I want folks to think about their joints in the process of designing a a daily exercise routine for themselves. Yoga is a is a, is a great uh, way to to exercise holistically uh, and to respect the needs of the joints. So, what the joints need, and this is the healing capacity that can be that can be employed by each of us for our joints, our shoulders, our hips, our knees, our spine. What joints need is to go through the full range of motion, just like a gate or being open, the full distance that the hinge allows. Every day, that joint needs to go through that full range of motion. So just think of a big stretch. You take your arms up over your head. You straighten your uh, elbows. You kind of reach back, and you go to that comfortable but tight spot where you can't go any further and that's the end of the range of motion. And then by holding for 30 seconds, this is the other part of the technique, you hold for 30 seconds, that allows the nourishing flow of the lubrication inside the joint capsule to bathe the cartilage and help to relieve and get rid of some of the, the, the little uh, um, microtraumas that have occurred. Uh, so go to the end of the range of motion with each joint. You stretch. You can call it a stretch, but you don't have to force it. And you hold that for 30 seconds while the synovial fluid gets to those spaces inside the joint capsule that, it doesn't get to serve. And this is the only healing capacity we have for our joints. So that's uh, a key element that's forgotten. And you don't see that. The only time you see joints talked about is on hip replacements or knee, excuse me, replacements and pain and braces and, and salves and ointments and everything else. But we don't hear our exercise icons and exercise devices addressing the health of joints is strictly the muscles. Just go for the muscle. Well, goodness sakes, folks, uh, 
you can have the strongest muscle in the world, but if you injure that joint, pretty soon that muscle is going to be nothing but flab, and you're going to—it's just a bad—it's a bad scenario. So. Yeah. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So it's the joints then that are really not only central, but when the joints don't work, that's when we get tight. That's when we lose our flexibility. That's when we don't have, the, the obviously, the range of movement, but we don't have the the agility that we really need just to go day to day. I mean, it's really the joints that tie us up, so to speak. It's not the bones. I mean, the bones might mm-hmm. be weak yeah. or uh, may fracture. Uh, the muscles might tear, but the muscles can heal. So it's really the joints that um, is really the name of the game here. Yes. Even yeah. the bones have a great healing capacity. There's blood inside bones, and if you break a bone, it's going to repair. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you when you damage the interior spaces of your joints, uh, that being the cartilage primarily, that slippery smooth surface that becomes, you know, that's where arthritis comes from, is the uh, corroding away of that, that slippery smooth surface that allows the two bones to move across each other, uh, you know, friction-free. So the cartilage is vital to that, but the synovial fluid very few people know about the <laughs> this wonderful specialized substance that is inside our um, joint capsule. It's synovial fluid, and synovial synovium comes from the Greek or Latin, the meaning egg white. <laughs> so imagine, you know, the slippery, viscous uh, qualities of egg white, and that's inside the joint, and that helps to keep that cartilage healthy. So you just want to bathe that cartilage every day in as much of that synovial fluid by stretching to the end of the range of motion and holding for 30 seconds. Yes, and uh, keep the joints healthy. And certainly as for senior citizens, all of our exercise routines should be joint-centric and with a high level of awareness of the needs of our joints because that is going to be the thing that will trip us up faster than anything and put us down is uh is is injuring a joint yeah yeah well that's valuable information that's really good information dan thanks thanks so much i'm glad we could spend some some time on this so let's talk about your system because i know you've immersed yourself in a lot of this research and you've looked at a lot of different studies and you did create your mobility max 10 10 minute home exercise system Tell our listeners what, what's involved in this 10-minute exercise. Well, uh, a little bit about the um, the um, journey that I traveled as I was creating this. So when I was in the homes of these elderly folks, uh, 
I was taught as a physical therapist, you can't take, you cannot take equipment in there. Just be creative. Take your patient over to the sink um, where they can hold on to the sink and then they can do some basic leg exercises up and down on the toes, putting a leg out to the side, mini squats and these kinds of things. Um, at the same time, I had an elderly friend who was a, a, I, just an amazing fitness guy, 20 years older than me, and he was just amazing with his fitness. And um, he showed me one day what he was doing, and it was all just simple body weight exercises, uh, just body against gravity, the push-ups, the, uh, the air squats, uh, these kinds of things. And he was amazing. So I, for myself, I started to think uh, in uh, more basic terms about going forward with my own exercise routine. I was just simply trying to find something for myself. At the same time, I came across a book that I highly recommend for everyone. It's written by a physical therapist named Dr. Weisberg. It's called Three Minutes to a Pain-Free Life. And in that book, um, Dr. Weisberg puts forth many of the principles that I've been talking about today, uh, in particular, the care, uh, care and keeping of your joints. Uh, but he also set forth a three-minute routine uh, for taking care of your joints and your muscles. And so I, um, I envisioned at some point, I envisioned, well, gee, I need a, you know, if, what if I had a, a, a bar that was like the rungs of a ladder that could be set into an um, open door frame and the bar, single bar, could be put at any position for, of the 14 levels up and down the door frame where it created a stable, sturdy uh, place to hold on to. Everywhere from two to three inches off the floor to, you know, every six inches up that door frame. And uh, then I, I thought about Dr. Weisberg's six exercises. I incorporated those into the routine. But then I began to think deeply about, gee, what at some point, and I may have the chronological uh, out of whack here a little bit, but I began to think, gee, what is uh, physical fitness? What I really, you know, what? so I went looking for a definition. And the first thing I found was that there is no universal definition of physical fitness. And so I realized, well, that's a trap. Gosh, we can end up, you know, being led to believe anything is physical fitness. So I drilled down a little farther and I determined that what the type of physical fitness I wanted will be based on mobility. And so I researched that and realized I was on to something that's kind of popular in uh, exercise the world. It's called functional fitness. But, you know, I was using the term mobility. And so I um, then, having decided that mobility was the, going to be the definition of physical fitness for me, that uh, the more I could maintain my mobility, the higher I could evolve my mobility, that, which is simply a, you know, kind of a technical way of saying movement, uh, that, that I would gain the traditional values that we want in fitness, which is strength and balance and flexibility. So I went looking again a little further. I said, well, where does our mobility come from? And that's when I really had a eureka moment there. That led me to the uh, concept of human development as infants. 
and how we initially <laughs> go from little blobs that can barely do anything after we're born to just in a couple years, we are just little, we're climbing on everything. We're just, we're little athletes. So how, what happens in that space of time? Well, uh, Joe, it turns out that there's a, a, very, a, a very predictable set of exercises that infants do and toddlers do in order to gain their mobility. We all do it. Maybe a little different for each of us, you know, in a little longer time, but it's a sequence of uh, starting on your back and then being on your, on your belly and then propping up, lifting the head up. Each one of those steps in what we call the baby milestones is a point at which we are developing organic strength and flexibility that lead us to the goal of being great mobile little machines, standing, running, jumping. And it occurred to me that what I was looking at was the hierarchy, the sequence of exercises that was necessary to do, not optional, was necessary to do in order to be a, 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 a good to have mobility, to stand, to be balanced, to maneuver. And so I studied what's called gross motor developmental stages of infants and toddlers, and I kept seeing the same sequence of exercises. And I began to, so I incorporated those into the 10-minute routine along with Dr. Weisberg's six uh, exercises. And then the, having the bar apparatus, which I could now place at higher and higher levels, I was able to add some other classic body weight exercises. Um, so what the Mobility Max 10-minute home exercise routine is, is a series of 20 functional and therapeutic exercises. So they... They're functional, they strengthen us and prepare us to be mobile, and they're therapeutic, they provide therapeutic value in that they, they include end-of-range motion for all of our joints, going through the full range of motion and holding for 30 seconds to get the synovial fluid. So it's a, it's, and then I just condense it down to a 20-exercise, 30 seconds each, 10-minute routine where you start on your belly with the bar. You're in every position. You're exercising every moment. You're moving the bar every couple exercises up the door frame, up the ladder, so to speak, and until you're you know, on your knees at some point, put a pillow or something under if you're having trouble being on your knees. But there's such great value in being on our knees. And then on all fours, uh, in a squat, single leg stance, yeah, just the full array of fundamental mobility movements that we need to make along with the, the, the therapeutic value of getting that synovial fluid in the joints. And my friend, it's just amazing what that done, has done for me and my family and friends and others that have, you know, that are using the system. I, <laughs> uh, my, uh, my wife used to be a hairstylist and she'd come home after eight hours and just 
complaining and whining. Oh, it feels. Why do I hurt? I said, well, you've been in one position doing repetitive motion all day. I said, just go do the routine. And okay, okay. And she'd come back and said, Oh my God, I feel so much better. Why do I? I said, Well, you just engaged all of your muscles. You got every one of your muscles. Just just woke up a little bit. Plus, you went through full range of motion for all your joints. You know, your body's rebalanced. So, what the Mobility Max 10 minute home exercise system is, is a very simple apparatus that has zero uh, footprint in your home, unlike all the other big things we're going to drag home. Uh, but zero footprint, it's so organic and holistic. And you're just going, and I have a training manual that goes with it. And by the way, I'd like to make an offer to anyone that's listening, uh, anyone that contacts me, I'll be happy to send them a free copy of the training manual. It'll be a digital copy, um, but we can talk about that later. Uh, but it shows how to go through the routine step-by-step, uh, step, and then as you learn it, you become quicker at it. It's going to be hard to do it in 10 minutes at first, but you know, then you learn it, and <laughs> you just do it. And when you see it every day there in your doorway or and you know it's only going to take 10 minutes, well, by gosh, there's more likely to get done. I think, Dan, this is the best explanation of exercise and fitness that I've heard. And, you know, we're all aging. We're all going through the same process. And to be able to take in this kind of information and implement it in our day-to-day -day routines, I think that's that's great. I, I think that's great. And I can say uh, to my listeners that I've, I've tried this Mobility Max for a few days. I had a chance to borrow it, and I agree. I think it's a, a good piece of equipment, and it's you know available. So you have a website, Dan, and I appreciate your offering the, yes. you know, the, the copy of your, your booklet, your manual, to mm -hmm. anybody who requires. How can, they, how can they contact you if they're interested? Well, um, they can contact me on the, there'll be a couple ways. One is the, the dot .com, which is mobilitymax10, numeral 10, dot com. I'm also, also on Facebook uh, as mobilitymax LLC, and I can be contacted there. And then I'm also going to just uh, read out my, my cell phone number for anyone that, you know, is like, is hearing this and would like to talk to me about it personally at any time, just I would encourage you to just text me or, or call me because uh, I just, and I'd love to talk to you and find out what you're dealing with and what your goals are as far as fitness and help you get a better understanding of how you can really get on top of this situation. So um, my phone number is 813-919-3618. Eight one three nine one nine three six one eight, and the Facebook page, Facebook group is Mobility Max LLC, and the website is MobilityMax ten one zero dot com. Yes, great. sir. Great. Well, and I'm really glad to have done this follow up with you. I know last year we we talked about it. We didn't get in at this level last, so I'm glad we <laughs> had a chance to have you back. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we are out of time, though. But before we wrap up, I just want to remind our listeners about a few items. I'm pleased to announce a co-sponsor for our podcast, A Mighty Good Time. Are you looking for ways to engage and stay active? Check out 
amightygoodtime.com. It's a one-stop shop for events and activities for those 50 and over, free to search, and it's free to post, amightygoodtime.com. Also, there's a new offering on my website where individuals can arrange one-on-one coaching calls with Dr. Joe, that's me, to discuss bouncing back from setbacks. How can we tap into our resilient self? How can we find ways to make it over those obstacles we face on our different journeys? Take a look at the Work with Dr. Joe tab on the website, livingto100.club. And be sure to subscribe to our email list to receive our newsletter and other announcements. And finally, pick up a copy of my book on Amazon, Living Longer is the New Normal. I think that whatever age we're at, inspiration and a positive mindset can be put to good use. That's my message in the book. So, Dan, thank you so much again for being a part of this program. I think it was immensely helpful to our listeners, and I uh, commend you for all the good work you've done. Well, thank you, Joe, and I certainly commend you. I know you're doing everything you can, and I've met you personally and your lovely wife, and uh, you certainly look terrific, both of you, and you're enjoying a good life based on the things that you are teaching us. So thank you. Yeah, well, you're most welcome. And it's only 10 minutes a day. That's the best part. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay. Well, uh, again, thanks. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode. Hope to see you next time. Time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather, the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.